Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Major news. White Wine Question Time is going live. We're doing three shows in London's West End in the autumn. I can't believe it. And we've got some incredible guests lined up for you. So on Saturday, the 18th of September at the Leicester Square Theatre, uh, we will be doing a show with Craig Revel Hallwood. Yeah. Just as you can smell the sequence of Strictly as it comes back to our screen. Then on the 9th of October... I can't believe they've all agreed to do this, but we're reuniting the cast of Grange Hills. So I've got Todd Carty, Tucker, Lee McDonald, Zamo, and Alison Valentine, who played Faye, and there'll be more to be announced. And then finally, on Saturday, the 13th of November, the cast of Dunbreedon. So Tracy Ann Oberman, Julie Graham, Tamsin Athwaite, Denise Welsh, Julie Newman will all be joining us to do a live show. Tickets are on sale now, available from the Live Nation website, Ticketmaster, or wherever you get your tickets. Come and see us! Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions washed down by three glasses of wine. And my guest this week is the author of a brilliant new memoir, Hungry, as well as the host of a podcast called Comfort Eating. And she is The Guardian's long-standing restaurant critic, known for her pithy, funny, well-observed reviews. She's also a regular on MasterChef, where she is often arguably the most intimidating and withering obstacle standing between the contestant and the title. It's true. She's also been known to hold her own in the dictionary corner of Countdown, which is no mean feat when you consider she's already come face to face with Anne Robinson. Born in Carlisle, she began her career as a writer in women's magazines, working her way up from editorial assistant on Marie Claire to writing for more magazine, Glamour and Cosmo, as well as very impressively publishing 11 critically acclaimed novels for teenagers. She's one of the most respected voices on the British food scene, and I'm so looking forward to talking to her today. So let's dial up and raise a glass. It's Grace Dent. Afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good. You laughed when I said about you. Well, I said pithy, not pissy, first of all. Um, P-I-T-H-Y, because you are so pithy. I love reading you. By the time I ran into you a couple of weeks ago, I felt like we knew each other because you are a friend on the page. Well, thank you for saying that. And yeah, when we ran into each other, what I loved was that there was, I felt like I knew you too, because... (laughs) Because you've been on my television screen forever. And when I saw you, you walked up and I just went, oh, hiya, as if I knew you. And then I thought, no, I don't know. (laughs) 
And I, I, I love, I love the fact we were backstage at something and we were so excited to be out of the house that <laughs> within about, and within about two minutes of started to speak, we got shivvied other ways, didn't we? And kind of got it's, split up. So exactly. uh, yeah. Yeah, we were uh, we were at the podcast awards, and you were with Jay Rayner. And the weirdest thing about the podcast awards this year was it was held in my local park, which is also his local park. <laughs> and Jay and I have never spoken, but I have often been on the cross trainer next to him in the local gym. Oh my gosh, I bet that's quite the image. You see, I don't know whether <laughs> I I have never actually seen any evidence before of Jay going to the gym. Right, he, he I can vouch for it. He talks a good game of being at the gym, but I didn't know he actually went. So thank you for clarifying that. No, <laughs> no not just a bit. He's there a lot. He's well, there a lot. I think that uh, I think that recently Jay has uh, decided to take his health very seriously and good for him. But it, yeah, I mean, look, him. look, it happens to us all, doesn't it? You Absolutely. Know, I was I was out this morning trying to. Uh, trying to get back into walking five miles a day. Like you're either in that zone, aren't you? And when you're in that zone, you're sickening and all you want to talk about is how you're in the zone. <laughs> oh, I feel so good. I just am waking up early in the morning. I'm not drinking at the moment. I feel so great and I'm walking five miles a day. And then I just slip right out of that zone. And then I'm just back being Sloth. a brought bag. <laughs> yeah. Sloth. Just, just falling sitting, off the yeah. sofa into the fridge and then roly-polying back again. Yeah. <laughs> You know what, though? All that said, you never regret a workout. That's the problem with it. Yeah, nobody ever really comes home feeling sadder after a run. No. You know? I mean, it's horrible doing it, but it's nice to have done it. I don't know who I'm telling this. I'm telling myself because, like, at the <laughs> moment, I am not. I'm not. Like, I, last time I had a gym membership, I didn't go for so long that when I eventually went back, it would have been less embarrassing to tell them I'd been in prison. <laughs> because like I, <laughs> I thought should I just say I've been in prison because <laughs> rather than admit how many you know like of the best part of a year and a half I'd just been going have my money have my money I'm not coming <laughs> I went back to the gym and they changed all of the the entrance how to get in and the and the membership codes and everything and I was just standing outside thinking this is a low <laughs> <laughs> this is worse than the walk of shame home <laughs> <laughs> yeah Completely. Now, Grace, I have loved your memoir. I love comfort eating as well. What a great oh. idea to talk to people about. And that really is, a, it takes your book, Hungry, which is sort of a love letter to food mm. in all its grot and glory. Mm. I think somebody described your, your, your book as from frazzle to foie gras. Yeah. And it does sort of cover everything from your beige days yes. to present day where, you know, you eat the finest foods every restaurant has to offer should you so choose yeah the, the finest the finest emulsions and experimental cooking and uh fragments and, and whatever they're calling what's going on the plate yeah i eat a lot of that these days a lot of those emulsion talk to me emulsion emulsion is kind of really just some a type of a sauce isn't it it's just a sauce but they always say and it's a it's an, an emulsion of yeast or something like that you know there's, I mean, that, look, this is just the crazy world that I live in. But yeah, I do. I eat a lot of that. I know. I've been having this argument of late with a group of friends who, for example, call swimming in lakes immersive cold water swimming or wild swimming. I'm like, I grew no. up in the country. If you got in the lake, you swam. It's called swimming. <laughs> That's it. Right. Let's stop rebranding everything. And the emulsion, is that a rebrand of the source? Well, first of all, I don't believe in swimming anywhere where I can't, <laughs> I can't walk through something where I'm not going to get, you know, like a Veruca pool, right? I think that there should be, there should be bleach. Um, I think that in London, one of the most frightening, frightening things right now is you're never six feet away, more than six feet away from someone banging on about wild swimming, right? <laughs> and I also think that. When the middle classes get really excited about wild swimming, basically they're saying it's a thing that they can do without seeing any poor people, right? Because they're <laughs> basically going, oh my God, we went to this remote lake in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, they wouldn't get this excited if they were down the municipal pool, right? They just would <laughs> not get that excited. I'd be, you know, I, I think I've come to, I've come to peak wild swimming, people talking about that at the moment. Um, yeah, with regards to, uh, the languages we use for these ridiculous things. Yeah, I mean, look, it 
it's just rebadging the same stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so tell me, what's the difference? What's the difference between an emulsion and a jus? Oh well, an emulsion would be glossier and more set, and a jus would be a kind of thin gravy. A thin gravy, just yeah. A jus would be a jus is really a kind of a very refined pan scrapings with something added to it to make it's just gravy. It's just gravy. It's just gravy. <laughs> it's I love it. it. It's just look. What I would say about jus is that you never quite get enough of it if you're northern. Whereas like, never, because they'll always bring you just like a tiny, tiny taste of it. One of the funniest things with MasterChef is that um, the boys, uh, whether it be Jay or whether it be Tom Parker Bowles, William Sitwell, the boys always drink the jugs of gravy because that is always where the greatest bit of the taste is, you know? So they always bring these little tiny jugs out and put them down. And then once it's all eaten, you always turn around and Jay's just got that jug up at his mouth. <laughs> With a straw, <laughs> there's something. Yeah, no. But anyway. that's but but that's that's the sign of a of a good foodie. But what you do on your podcast is you sit and you sort of interrogate people's food life, which in turn allows you to interrogate their lives because yeah. the food that we are emotionally connected to is is often the emotion that sits around it that is the most pertinent by way of storytelling, yeah. isn't it? Well, I always felt as if talking to people about food and not, I don't, I didn't just mean restaurant food, but talking to people about anything they ate was the way that you got a glimpse into their life. A little bit like on years ago when MTV Cribs first came to this country and you got more of a snapshot about what people were like when they opened their fridge than you did from anything else, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've always been fascinated I mean, you interview people for a living. You know that moment where the sound tech says to the celebrity, just to, sa- to, just to test the levels, what did you have for breakfast? And then they tell, they, they start to tell a story, which is off camera, which is usually the most interesting bit of the whole yeah. bloody interview. Because they go, <laughs> oh, I, uh, I had a kinder egg. And you're like, what? <laughs> you had a kinder egg? Well, and, and, it's, and, the, and then they start to tell a story or they go, you know, I had toast with whatever because my mum used to make that when I was little. And so with comfort eating, I suppose I always knew, I always knew that when you interview celebrities normally, they're they're so used to talking about the same things all of the time, even if people are trying to be imaginative. Whereas when you get in and you start to ask them about that packet of frazzles they used to have in the schoolyard, when they were nine years old because they were sad because, you know, their dad had passed away or whatever the story is, it, that is a way in to um, the, the corners and the crevices of their mind that they mm. didn't, they, they wouldn't, one, they wouldn't have pre-agreed to talk about anyway, you know? It, it, it's like they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have signed off that they were going to come in and do that interview. This all sounds very sneaky, but it isn't pre-planned. You know, like I, I usually have a little list of what I'm going to talk about. And what I find is, I mean, the thing is with, with my interviews as well, I really don't like interviewing, you know, I really, you love you it. Not? No, you love it. And you're really brilliant at it. And you, you, oh, you love it. You love it. For me. Yeah, I do. I, am, I genuinely yeah, you love gen- it. You genuinely love it. And for me. But if I had to sit down and review a chicken breast, I'd struggle. Oh no, but I can do that. I, I, li- that's just joy to me. What well, I can stay in bed. I can literally stay in bed and write eight hundred words about a chicken breast. Happy, <laughs> happy days, happy days, right? I'll be back on YouTube just looking at old goth videos by three o'clock. Um, no, uh, so I, don't, so I don't, I don't really like interviewing in when I get sent. I've never for. You know, I've been writing for 25 years. I've been in the media for 25 years. And that idea of going and doing a junket where you get pushed into a room and you're trying to fight for an important line to go on the front of the paper. And, you know, I worked for the culture show for um, a while. I was like a presenter on the culture show on BBC Two. And, they, you know, they'd set up these big elaborate interviews, celebrity head-to-heads. And, I, and you know, I was, I was good at them, but I hated it. I... I and then, so I've, I've ran from interviewing for so long. And, uh, and then in the end, I kind of agreed to do this. So I, d- 
I think my point is I don't go in as an interviewer, really. I kind you of don't, go in. You can hear that. It's a chat. <laughs> no, I do. I kind of, um, you know, like I sit down and I exactly like you, I have a glass of wine and I wait for them to arrive and the door opens and Rafe Spall walks in looking absolutely gorgeous and makes me a cheese sandwich. And that, my friend, is happiness, right? Like... <laughs> Inject that feeling into my veins every day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh God, no, I mean, he's amazing. But, you know, it's that, it's that, you know, or, you know, Siobhan McSweeney from um, Derry Girls came in, you know, Sister Michael or, you know, uh, Lawrence Cheney who won Drag Race. And people arrive and they they talk about like the macaroni cheese they had with their mum when they were getting bullied at school or, and it just gets, it gets really deep, really, really quickly. What I wanted to do is ask you to devise your dream three course menu, but I want you to swap out food and replace it with your big, emotional standout moments so i want a starter oh main course and a sweet dessert about the moments that make up that dream trio for you in life oh my gosh this is you see this is really this is an absolute bugger i'm stressing you out now aren't i you're stressed no it's okay because i've got some wine i'm going to take a little slurp they can be as significant or as insignificant as you like okay so this isn't in the book at all but i always think so my my starter would be uh when I was 14 years old I had I mean I still do have I've got a big brother and he's 10 years older than me um he's 10 years old I love how you remember you've still got him I've still got him he's still he's still out there (laughs) since Stevenage by the way um and (laughs) and he uh so uh so we we lived in Carlisle and Bob was the first to go you know I think that especially in the 80s and like, you know, the far, far north before you kind of fall into Scotland, that is. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you had a real ambition, you had to go, you know, and uh, or and not just like a, a, you know, a vocational kind of ambition to kind of build empires, but to see things, you know, to see the stuff you'd mm. seen on the telly and to see the the bands and 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 live. And, that. and my, my brother went first and he went to London and he lived in Kilburn for a bit. And then he he moved to Manor House. Uh, and uh, he was living in a squat in Manor House. And when I was 14, I and he was 24, I started coming down to visit him. And that just, I mean, this was like London in 1988, squat world. And whenever I think of a moment that made me, made me me and made me go, I can't, I can't just be in Carlisle with a husband who's a builder. Although I do, I do regret that sometimes. I should have just married a builder <laughs> and stayed in Carlisle. I could have had the most amazing no. house. But I would have had the biggest house in Carlisle. Imagine. <laughs> in, like, just, I would just been going out with some guy just extends the house all the time. Nine uh, garages, nine three driveways. Garages, I would have been the Colleen Rooney of... <laughs> Of Carla, but anyway, so I, uh, this moment that always makes me think I'm, you know, it really changed me was, well, just because we were going out, you know, when I was 14, uh, it was very, I'm sure it is today as well, it's very easy to look 18, do the full makeup. We were goths, we were kind of gothy punks. And there was a, a place in Finsbury Park, uh, a pub called the Sir, George, the Sir George Roby, and they used to do a club called Club Dog. And I used to, we used to go there. And so I, and I, there's a moment I always remember being 14 years old and dancing to Iggy Pop, the passenger and Mm. thinking this is life. (laughs) And there's just loads of like punks and goths on the floor. And, uh, and you know, I remember going home on the train back to Carlisle afterwards and it took like seven and a half hours or something. Then you know, old British rail train. And, uh, and getting back and I was in this like tatty leather jacket that had been eaten by rats because, um, we were going to parties <laughs> where they'd like, they were, they'd, they'd liberated rats from like, from, from labs. You know, this is the kind of people we were hanging about with. 
And uh, and I remember my mother getting me off the train and I'd like back home to her and I looked like Susie Sue and she just was just horrified. <laughs> she was like, that's another, it's another child we've lost. <laughs> so To the yeah, smoke. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's funny. I know I'm an old woman because sometimes when I'm going through Finsbury Park, like we go past wherever it's like a cafe or something now or like a crash and I'm like going oh I remember when that was the club dog <laughs> I actually think that there becomes a point in media where you are actually ungettable riddable of it's just like they can you, you, yeah. you, you know it's like I've had more comebacks than Lazarus it's like literally every <laughs> every time they kind of go oh you're a little bit this so I just kind of go home and just regroup right I'm getting <laughs> To that uh, that kind of angry old woman part, part where you kind of go, I'm not being appreciated in my own lifetime, but they'll see, they'll see what I'm like. Exactly. It's like I almost feel like declaring my own death just so that I can actually just turn up at the back of the uh, at the back of the uh, you know crematorium and go, yeah, but you wouldn't commission me then, would you? <laughs> So, okay, so so coming to London and sort of, you know, finding your inner goth and mm. your future self was your starter. What's your main course? <sighs> this isn't getting any easier. Right, okay. I think, right, because I could, I could talk about the, you know, the edifying aspects of going to university and studying English literature and having my first breaks and all that, but that's all in the book. And that's, yeah, that is, that is, that was great. And I'm really glad all those things happened. But God, would I give anything sometimes to go back to flying off to Tenerife when I was 19 with a pack of girls from Carlisle? Do you know what I mean? And we were there for two weeks and I think we went out at two o'clock every morning <laughs> to go to the clubs. And <laughs> we stayed out until nine o'clock every morning. And we met hundreds of people and we wore tiny little mini dresses. And uh, we, wore, we, we, wore, we wore no clothes, exactly like the kids today do. And we all say, that's disgusting. They should have more <laughs> clothes on. And there's a part of me in my head whenever I try to create about what my niece nieces are or aren't wearing I think Grace you were the worst you were the absolute <laughs> worst you know oh these children are so sexualized these days it's like no you know come on um so I think that sometimes I would when I think about being 18 19 and kind of going off on holiday and it's the fact that you never really get back that amount of kind of carefree Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just carefree, carefree, kind of just partying with no, with no regrets and no, you know, I mean, even just the bounce back ability of it, the, you know, being, yeah. I mean, I, just being able to get up every <laughs> single day, walk back to the pool, meet people. So, yeah, I think I do often think about the holidays I had then, you know, there was a very specific holiday when me and a load of girls went to Tenerife. We got into a, we go to, we went to Ibiza every year and we just had, you know, you did all the stupid things that I would now have banned, you know, like all, <laughs> all the things, all the hiring mopeds oh, and yeah. going to people's apartments to party that you didn't know who they were and like going to parties and after parties and after parties and. You know, all the, uh, you know, drinking by the pool and, and, and swimming at midnight and all the things that are a health and safety nightmare, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I think what sometimes I'm trying to get, what, what I'm maybe getting at is I wish I'd appreciated then that how uh, pert and pretty and carefree I actually was. <laughs> because I think I walked about even then I had like a touch you know by this point I think I felt very well grown out of my goth years but like you know you're always a goth once a goth always a goth you know and I think I was I I back then it's amazing how much of your young free beautiful years you devote to just worrying about absolutely uh, inconsequential nothing crap yeah. like uh, when whenever any of the kind of children in my life get their heart broken 
Like I always try, without being flippant, I always try to say, there will be a point in a few years' time when I ask you about this incident, and you won't be able to remember who I'm talking about. You won't remember. Like this, and, and if you remember the first name, you won't remember the second name. You know, yeah. you'll be going. At best, this is an anecdote. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and in, in the your, footnotes of your life. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've talked. It, it, so it's sometimes I kind of look back at those days and think, but you know, like there's nothing like being young and going to a club and it and everything just completely going off at three o'clock in the morning and yeah. there being, you know. 500 or 600 people jumping up and down in a room and you know as we've come back to life as a country and you know there's been a lot of people my age who are really angry that kids are wanting to go out you know that they want you know they're wanting oh. to they're wanting to go out of course they know, do when, when i and you know whatever you feel about vaccinations and viruses and that's a whole big other topic i can't be bothered to get into there was a real joy for me in seeing People mm. queuing outside clubs on a Sunday night, the the first day they could at midnight, waiting to get in. Because yeah. I thought, yeah. you know, there was, just, there was clearly girls, you know, who were like me at that age, who were like, right, mini skirt on, <laughs> I'm going spray down. Spray tan up, <laughs> full yeah. spray tan, spray tan, highlighter, push up bra. I'm going to the club. Um, and I'm going to listen to some. I'm going to listen to some great music. Totally. One of the things I think maybe I heart back to it as well because there's no. I don't have any evidence. There's no photos. There's nothing. Mm. Right. No. And you know we're talking about formative experiences. It's really sad for me that I think that you should be able to do these things and get them out of your system. And then by the time you are in your thirties or your forties, these temptations come your way, but you've already done it. You know. Like, and I think now there isn't, there isn't a kind of opportunity for, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds to just go out and do that thing secretly, you know, and it not impact them being an MP, it not impact them getting a great job, playing cricket for somewhere, like playing for like all of this. So, yeah, yeah, because we, we live a life that is, is now completely documented yeah. captured on a cloud and there is a digital footprint that you know follows that will follow you everywhere you're quite right we were we were in so many ways lucky uh, because I remember those holidays I'd have to come back and put my my, my pictures in to be developed <laughs> yeah. that's how long ago I'm talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay can I have your dessert now have you got a dessert for me a sweet moment Oh my god! Um, I'm going. I'm going to have a little bit more red wine. Have as much say, as you like, Grace. I will oil say. the wheels of conversation. Oh gosh! Right. Um, you see, I feel like I've heard kind of. I've talked about frivolous things. Um, so the third thing, which is the pudding, but it isn't sweet. Although my mother did absolutely was one of her bigger, biggest downfalls was pudding, and I think probably. You know, that one of the things that's changed me um, has been my mum passing away. It was the at the beginning of the year and it was really... Oh, this just, year, oh, Grace. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was oh, in February. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, darling, thank you, honestly. But it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's been a really strange year. But what I would say is that on, you know, we, we were all together as a family um, going up to the point, you know, it was going up to the point where she died. And, you know, I just think that if I am to look back on my life, I think that, um, you know, I'm never going to regret that. And I feel like I'm very different since it. So, yeah, I think that, you know, being up there and being with, you know, I, was, I mean, in the, in the book, I talk a lot about um, going back and being with my dad. Um, when my dad was, uh, you know, first started to kind of show very big signs of Alzheimer's and being there. And, um, but then, you know, this part of my life, which kind of, you know, wasn't in the book at all, has been, you know, going back and being with my brothers and being with my sister-in-law and just kind of that coming together and being during that kind of really, like heavy bit, you know, of my mum kind of finally yeah. going, you know. Uh, no, because she's left like a massive hole 
it's it's um it's it's a really strange part in my life i um like i'm, I'm at that point at the moment where every day i think of something i just want to ring her and say you know like, oh. like do you you do you, do you still have your mom i have my both my parents I'm yeah yeah it's like no i mean it's 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 a really it's very it's very odd um now she's gone trying to work out who i am now <laughs> it's very it's like you start to realize that so much of what you do is uh comes with uh calling them to tell them because you know it'll make them happy and if you take that out of the equation why are you bothering about what your dress looks like on masterchef who cares you know why are you bothering how many books you sold you know it's and these all sound very kind of big um cynical end of days things it's not these are very subtle things like you kind of realize that you do a lot of things to kind of gain that happiness that you did when you brought them a painting when you were six years old, mm. you know? Um, yeah. So, and, it's, yeah, and, it, and it, I think it's really, it's really interesting how as our parents begin to die off, we are uh, generally at a point where, you know, I'm, I'm the same age as you and it's that kind of, you're suddenly we're, we're in charge now. Like sometimes yeah. like I make my, <laughs> I always, it's frightening because you think, where's the adult? I like and then you're like, shit, I'm the adult. I am like, we're in charge. Like I always say this to, you know, I say this to my niece, like, you know, that line in that, um, was it Captain Phillips where the guy takes the, where the guy is the, uh, the pirate and he goes, I'm the captain now. And like, <laughs> I just like, and I keep saying this to my family in a menacing way. I'm the captain. <laughs> it's me. I'm in charge, you know. It's like we've all moved up one layer and now I'm in charge of where we eat on Sunday. Uh and it's <laughs> yeah, the matriarch. So it's it's quite it's it's an interesting time in my life. I think there's like this infinite possibility when suddenly you don't have the the, the you can break with all the traditions that you normally had, you know? Like mm. it's funny how right away I, I got in touch with my brother and I went Everybody's coming to me at Christmas. And he's like, Grace, it's, it's July. <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we talking about Christmas for? I'm like, everybody's coming to me and we're all going to eat at three. And we're all going to, and he's like, whoa, have you been drinking? And it's like, no, it's just that kind of the traditions. We're going to re, we're going to, we're going to reinvent them, but we're going to make them better. And we're going to, yeah. So your head is. We're going to upcycle them and make we're them gonna your own. We're going to upcycle yeah. them. So yeah, if I was to look at the, you know, so with my, my, my meal of memories, I had leaving, leaving Carlisle because I had the eye on London and I had absolute hedonism and I had, um, the moment of realizing that like I am not a little girl anymore like I am the captain right and <laughs> you're the captain you I'm will have Christmas at your house <laughs> everyone's having and we are gonna have fun I'll be there at three whether we're gonna have fun whether we like it or not rules help control the fun yeah <laughs> you know and you absolutely know at that point I'll just get offered some amazing job somewhere and just fly off and do it and they'll all be sitting at, <laughs> they'll all be sitting at my house going what <laughs> um, I love that your menu covers all bases. There we go. Is that, an, got there. Well is done. that an okay menu? I Cheers. Feel like I feel like I've served um, you with uh, an absolute roller coaster of emotions from that's how, I, that's how I like my food. <laughs> <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, my next question for you. I think, you know, there's that old adage, isn't there, that if you love what you do for a living, you never work a day in your life. And I certainly feel that for a lot of my career, that's been true for me. You are paid to eat in the finest restaurants and pass comment on whether or not you like it. I mean, as jobs go, apart from being on Gogglebox, I can't think of anything better. If they said, would you like to be on Gogglebox, I would just stand up, put my shoes on and begin walking there now. They wouldn't. Who would who would you go on the sofa with? I think I'd go on with Tom Parker Bowles, and yeah, because I love because I love him and he's so funny and we're both into the same things. We're from incre- absolutely different backgrounds, but we love we both love rave and we both love comedy and we both love horror. And we both, um, like, our conversations are just about television and film. So, yeah, I'd go on with that. Also, because he's just, he's never boring. Never, ever boring. So, like, Uh, I'm going to ditch my original second question and we're just going to go with this. Because what I wanted to know is when else have you pulled off what felt like a dream ticket? But sitting sitting here chatting about um, Tom Parker Bowles' love of rave and your (laughs) desires to be on Gogglebox, you've already got me. (laughs) So, you and Tom, good friends, unlikely friends. And, yeah. and what, what's the value exchange in a friendship like that? That's a really good question. I think I make him laugh. He says that I'm like Cersei of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I think I make him laugh. I back him up. I'll back him up in, in, in anything. He's one of those friends that I will back up, right? And it's like if someone said to me, I've just seen Tom Parker Bowles kicking guinea pigs over a fence, I'd say, well, I think the question is who was tricking him, right? That's... <laughs> One of those, what? I'm sorry, who? Defending to the end of the earth, yeah. Yeah, no, um, we both absolutely see the restaurant industry for what it is. And... um, Discuss. uh, we're, We're both very, very real about hype and about what is actually delicious. What is actually delicious, you know? We both, we both kind of will go somewhere incredibly posh and then we'll just both go... Well, that was a bit shit, wasn't it? And then we'll both, <laughs> and then I'll kind of go, oh God, but I had this takeaway from here. And it was like some kind of kebab from some place in Crystal Palace. And I'll be like, this place was amazing. Can I just say, I, li- I live near, I live near Crystal Palace and I have had the most amazing kebab there. Have you been to Dem? No, in Crystal Palace. Very good. That's my favorite one. Right. I've literally banned myself from going there. I feel like giving them my photo and saying, just stop serving me. Like every <laughs> Turn me away. It's like, like <laughs> put them on a retainer to say no. <laughs> Every time I go in, going, oh, what else do you do? Oh my god, yeah, that that really sticky aubergine thing. I'll have some of that. Blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, I've, do you know something? I know I'm having a nice time because I'm two glasses of red wine in, and I can't remember the question. What's the question? <laughs> What's the question? Not really. I know that I've got. To I that sort point. of segued. It was it was the value exchange between what is it and, and as, I guess because I would consider you unlikely friends but you're not really you've got loads of common interests you and Tom Parker Bowles your love of rave the fact that you can see the restaurant industry for what it is and you'd rather go to Dems and Crystal Palace than yeah. somewhere that does emulsion and you me and him put on a, a food festival together we were the curators of this big massive London food festival and yeah it uh, won an award didn't it yeah. Probably. Yeah, actually, yeah, it did. No, it did. It did win an award because I remember going up and getting it. Yeah. And um, I <laughs> and then and then the people from the marketing departments tried to take it to put it in a in um, 
in a cabinet like they always do. And, uh, and I was, uh, I was heavily refreshed, shall we say. And I was like, and I, <laughs> and I grabbed it and said, I'm having this and I'm taking it home. And as I was walking through the car park, really, again, I was quite drunk, smashed it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I have made such a stand. <laughs> the best thing, that's the, I, I always think of it when I go into my living room and it's like on my like wall of like things that I crap things that I've worn right and um and like there's a, there's a distinct lack of BAFTAs right but there's this kind of really smashed chipped like it's all the glass is cracked off it it's literally <laughs> it looks like a murder weapon um but you know by the time we got to the end of that festival we knew each other kind of inside out so I like I love his writing as well I think he writes brilliantly Tom hang on though was the there was something like what 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 was the goal? What was the original question? It was a golden ticket. Well, it or? was going to be no. Go well, you know, like I think I think you and I can agree that we both really don't work for a living. <laughs> it's just we're lucky to do something we love and people pay yeah. us. When else in life have you pulled off what feels like a dream ticket, like a pinch me? Are you serious? Moment. <gasps> oh. Um, oh God! What look? I mean that that is how I feel. A lot of the time, um, you be, you become quite blasé, um, and then you know you get invited to number ten to do something, and you walk up the you walk up to number ten, and the people on the door go, "Hello, Miss Dent, come in." You know, and it's like little bits like that. You think, "Oh my God, this is a, you know." You walk up to Claridge's, and they know your name, and that. But that's all quite hollow. Are they hollow? It's and not hollow because. Things? Do you know, no, it's not because when you grow up and you have massive aspirations and you yeah. feel like you'll never, you're, you, when you are a small town in terms of you're not having access to all of that, and then suddenly at number 10, they know your yeah, name. Yeah, they know, they know, that, they know. It's, I don't think it's shallow. I think it signifies to you how far you've come. You know, if I'm very honest, um, some, and I'm going to regret saying this, I think, because I, you know, I, my man, Charles, I think almost every day whenever I look at him, I always think, how did I pull this off, right? Like how, how, d- how did I pull this off, right? Because before we got together, I used to, um, I, I used to um, follow him on Insta and he followed me. And there was like at least 24 months where I used to just like look at his photo and go, oh, he's, he's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, so you were kind of you were following him yeah and we, were, we were following clearly screenshotting and, and appreciating well, well, his, you know, his fineness um i i don't think i ever um i don't think i ever screenshot it because what i i think what i did was occasionally i mean it was very gradual because uh we he followed me and we followed each other because we kind of knew people in common and then, um, and I think that one day he left. It was, it's a very modern, but very actually mundane way of people getting together that, um, you know, you kind of, one of you leaves a comment and then the other one leaves a comment back. And then after like, but it was about a year and a half, two years of leaving comments. And then, um, he, so kind of digital flirting yes, slash foreplay. Kind of flirting. Well, I think, you know, we were both kind of wasting our time with, uh, other lesser beings. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then that's what sorry, I mean about the pithy the, reviews Grace <laughs> I know I know I know <laughs> so, so then so what you built up this you built up this kind of chitter chatter online yes but then who but took the leap to either jump into your DMs or how did you do it so I was in um, I was in the weird thing was I was in Liverpool um, like working and I was feeling really, really miserable. I'd been interviewing Brett from Suede and I'd had a lovely time, but I was just feeling a bit down. You know, and you wake up in a, in a hotel room by yourself and you just feel, what's the bloody point? And, uh, and then I, I just got, I got this little message from him saying that he would like to take me for a coffee. And, uh, and then, and that was kind of, that was, that was, it was it. We were like, I mean, I must admit, when he said he wanted to take me for a coffee, I thought, oh, God, 
and I'm going to meet you, and you're going to be a dickhead. You know? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. The voice of cynicism. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I know, but, now you're gonna meet but when it's not your first rodeo, you are entitled to be slightly jaded. Oh, Lord God. I mean, come on. I mean, it's it's uh, before you – and I always say this when people – and I, I mean, this happens all the time to me, you know, if people are going through stages in, the, in their life where they're, they're looking and looking and looking to the point where they've given up. And then every time they go back out there and try to look again, you know, it's like Mr. Oh, whoops, I'm married. And Mr. Um, oh, I didn't get your call. And Mr. Oh, I, oh, I, I didn't realize we were going out tonight. Or Mr. Oh, I, you know, and these are the good, these are the good versions. And then there's the really <laughs> mad ones. Do you know what I mean? Um, and people get to the point where they're absolutely just punch drunk with, with dating to the point, you know. Yeah. And I always, and my mother used to always say to me, every pot has a lid, right? And I used to think, oh, I used to think, I used to think, oh, shut up, ma'am, right? <laughs> or, but she used to say worse things than that, though. If two, um, if two really awful people got together, she'd go, well, at least they're not spoiling two houses. <laughs> I still say that now. When, when you've got like a really horrible kind of media couple. Oh, you know, spoiling two houses. Um <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah uh and i and and so tell me this though right so you he asked you for a coffee and you thought oh jesus yeah. you know you woke up thinking what's the point mm-hmm. when you actually transferred it from a digital affection where you've got the safety of a screen to kind of you know shield you what was that moment of seeing him like oh god i mean he was absolutely gorgeous that was the thing and then like and then i kind of saw him um, across the bar and there's the, the you know one thing is turning up when somebody is completely not the person that they said and god that happens can I get an amen sisters listening <laughs> but then then <laughs> there's kind of, <laughs> but then there's what's what's almost worse is when you turn no, no it's not worse but it's it's similar is when you turn up and the person is the person and you're like oh, oh shit here we go <laughs> here we go here is here is my heart going to be dragged and thrown at a wall from 25 feet. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> Kill me. And then he's going to come back in his car and just keep driving over yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will I will say that he had on he'd kind of I'd kind of got him on the on the hoof because he'd been kind of saying to me Oh, I don't think I can see you for like seven days or eight days or whatever. But we were talking all the time anyway. So in the end, I just went, look, let's just cut to the chase. I'm going to be in this bar. Come down. If you, if you can't come down, fair enough. But then I just thought, look, I'm not having another 11 days before I find out that, you know, that you're actually a trucker from Dudley called... <laughs> Oh God. Fiona. Called Fiona. Called you know, Fiona. Like, yeah, this is it. I'm not exactly, this catfished. is it. I'm not, I'm not being catfished, right? And then he, um, this is it. He kind of, he turned up and he was, he was like, he was dressed like he'd been to the gym and he had this jacket on that had been given to him by this kind of like, oh, like outdoors training camp that he'd been doing because he's into like bodybuilding and stuff. And it had a spelling mistake on it. Right. Oh, but that really annoyed and you. And I sat down and like I was being, I was kind of, we were kind of flirting with each other. And then he started being a bit cheeky. And I was like, you're being very cheeky for a man covered in typos. Right. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just think from that moment, there was kind of a bit of a match. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, look. He had you at typos. He, yeah. He had me on, a, on an incorrect use of an apostrophe on, on his back. Um, but yeah, look, but yeah, I mean, I think that, and I, I think that when you're going back to the whole pot has a lid, the fact is though, that people just bloody turn up, right? They just do, you know, and you kind of, you, you, you kind of go around and you do the dating and, you know, you chase people and you chase them and you chase them and they're like, oh, I'll be available when this happens, but they're not. And then, or you play games and then everybody kind of goes through a point where you just go out for a drink one night and you end up sitting with somebody and then that's it. And there's no games and there's no, I'm not sure what I want. There's just, it just happens. And you're kind of, it's inescapable. You know, most people, when you find out how they met the love of their life, it's just, they kind of got off with each other one night and then they just never went home. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, each- I, lo- I, love the- I love those deep love stories. It's just like after 27 <laughs> days, he went home to get more pants. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do actually, I do love those stories because, yeah. in, I mean, I've never done the dating app thing. No, I haven't either. Um, but it, it's, I, I have friends that do. And it sort of chills my bones and exhausts me. And I don't even have to do it. Oh, God. You know? No, I can't. Um, I, I mean, I found, you know, after I, because I was married for a while. Um, and then when I went back out being single, it felt like I'd missed from 2000 and 2003, 2002 to about 2011. And I'd missed that stage where everything had gone digital. Like I'd missed it, right? So Okay, I, so you, you got married in a sort of analog world yeah, and I got, divorced in a digital landscape. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, well, it's okay because I'm not going to, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go on Tinder and I'm not going to go on, Okay, Cupid, I'm not going to do any of those things. And then you kind of realize after about five months of watching Gogglebox by yourself on Friday night that nobody's doing dating like you used to do. <laughs> like they used to. Yeah. But it sounds like you didn't need to because he just was all over your wall by the sounds of it. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good one. I mean, but then ask me again when we do this again when I'm 80 and I've had about nine husbands by then ask me again <laughs> and you'll go what was his I'll name I'll be like oh. sorry who did I as, I, as you used I to say to the teenagers you won't even remember his name <laughs> I don't mean that yeah. I wish you nothing but a lifetime of happiness oh, Grace I know I know but look it's <laughs> and like, Charles if you're listening good good on you yeah I, I just I, I don't know there's a certain when you look at Joan Collins it's, she doesn't look like an unhappy woman does she no no no, no, she doesn't. Yeah, and why would she? I mean, when you flick back through the Google images of her life, wouldn't you have a smile oh, on your Lord face? Oh God, she's not. She's She's a powerhouse, isn't she? I love her. I'm worried that our conversation her. hasn't been as structured and as sensible as uh, Day Marlene Phillips, which I listened to. Uh, oh, did you think that was structured oh, and I, sensible? Thank you. I'll yes, take it was. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> I, you know, when I was a little girl, I. Um, Arlene, Dame Arlene Phillips had the, the keep in shape system that people never talk about. They always talk about Jane Fonda and, uh, you know, her aerobics. I didn't know this. But, go, go. Tell me. Tell but, me. But, I, but uh, Dame Arlene had the keep in shape system, KISS. And it was, uh, uh, <laughs> it was an aerobics workout, but it came on vinyl, right? So I, I'm so, can I swear? Yeah, I'm so fucking old that I remember when we used to do workouts on vinyl, right? And <laughs> and it, and when you when it got a little bit like bolshy, it used to skip, obviously, because you were like jumping <laughs> up and down. So it was like keep in shape, keep super shape. I love this. And it was like reach, reach. And it was like, it was the lowest impact aerobics in the world. I mean, literally, <laughs> you could literally burn more calories opening a bag of Watsits, right? And it was, <laughs> but I used to do it. So yeah, whenever I see Ali and I always think that. I always think, God, you know, keep in shape, sister. I think she's incredible. Yeah, she is. Oh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Listen, I realise that we are running um, horribly over time. So <laughs> I'm going to hit you with my final question. Go on. Uh, I want to know what's, what simply is your greatest guilty pleasure? <laughs> right. My guilty pleasure is, um, and it maybe doesn't sound this guilty, but whenever I mention it, people look disgusted. It's like, I love uh, Westfield Shopping Centre. Why is that guilty? Right, exactly, exactly. Thank you, thank you, friend. Um, <laughs> but I like, I so like you know, like when people go, oh, go shopping, and you see these pictures of people going down Bond Street. That's no fun to me. Bond Street, what? You're going to walk into a really kind of exclusive and snotty shop where a tight where a key ring costs seven hundred pounds? No, no. My idea of joy 
is looking at my diary and I like a really full diary because I like working because I like money, right? <laughs> and like love it. I love money. And, and it's like I like I like to buy things and I like to buy things down Westfield. And I like on I like on <laughs> um I like to work really hard, but I love it when you get like a Tuesday and there's nothing happening. And I just love to go by myself. And I love to wear no makeup whatsoever and my hair all scraped back. And I just like to bumble about, you know, in and Westfield, like, uh, like yeah. a like a like a teenager. Yes, exactly like that. And the important thing here is by myself. I, I'm not dragging anyone else around. I'm not splitting up and getting back together for like after 20 minutes. I'm completely on my own. And I just, you know, sometimes I think the happiest moments in my life is when I've been on a heavy deadline to do some deliver a book or whatever, and then I just have a day just faffing around you know buying some new primer buying some new um buying some new headphones buying you know all that kind of it's that and like let recently um i always talk about shops and supermarkets and about how much they give me joy you know and i've been getting my house uh, renovated recently and eventually i had to give up and move out for a bit and people are going to go, where are you going to go? Are you going to go to Babington House? Are you going to go, you're going to move in somewhere amazing? And I was like, oh, going to move in at Westfield, right? Because this is... <laughs> you haven't. <laughs> I did, right? Like there's a, there's a really nice, there's like these suites that are above Westfield. I went on holiday to Westfield <laughs> and I went for five days, right? I ended up staying 21 days. In the end, Charlie was like, Babes, you gotta come home. And I'm like, what? But why? Why would I come home? Why would I come home? I can look at bras till 10 a.m. in my own time, right? And then I can go and see the Fast and the Furious and I can come back via Wagamama. This is heaven, right? Honestly. So, um, I went on Radio London and they do this thing called My London. And you go on and you have to talk about, you know, important cultural things. Um, and I, and I, I tried to talk about, Westfield and you could just see their faces of abs like absolute disgust and horror but like I do mean it there's um there's a there's a <laughs> there's a safe there's a safety and there's a joy in consumerism sometimes that people don't admit but it and doesn't it doesn't matter things. where you go to you know listen whatever your church is is your church if Westfield's your church it's where you feel good um and great it's it's not the big things it's the little things yeah the big things you know you buy and I, you know, I'm lucky enough, you know, you buy a big expensive handbag and you come away and you go, ah, do I really like it? Is that thing, should I take it back? Oh, you don't feel like that with a, like a nine pounds lipstick, right? <laughs> you come away and you're like, baby, I look beautiful, right? <laughs> look, I, look, <laughs> I look nine pound so, fantastic. Yeah, I look, but you can I look, look fantastic with that stuff. Yeah, it's whatever works for you. Yeah. I love that. I love that your guilty pleasure was a... 21 days stay above Westfields. Perfect. 21 days. I keep I thinking I should you. write a novel about it. I moved to Westfield. 21, 21, 21 days and nights at Westfield by Grace Dent. Best holiday of my life. Yeah. Grace, I have loved talking to you. My my only fear was that I would not love talking to you as much as I love reading you. And <laughs> no fear. You've been joyous. You are an incredible wordsmith. Whatever you do, never put the pen down. Keep writing the books. Aww. Keep making the podcasts and keep scaring the holy crap out of the contestants of MasterChef. Babes, thanks for having me. And I am glad that I did, didn't disappoint. No, you lived and, up to um, everything. Know, everything. Honestly, th this has been a tonic. I kind of came on thinking like, oh God, do I have it in me to speak for an hour? And then, um, and yeah, it turns out I did. And it's really lovely to just sit and have a glass of wine with another woman and yeah. not think about the world outside. It's been really lovely. I've loved talking to you. I hope we get to do it again. Yeah, me too. Please do go listen to Grace's podcast. It's called Comfort Eating. It's where you get all your great podcasts. Or if you've loved what you've heard today, download her book. It's it, Audible, yeah? Audible, yes. It's me reading it out in my in my my beautiful, refined accent. Yeah. But if you can be bothered to read, and so you should be, because, you know... <laughs> It's a gift. Uh, then go and buy that too. It's called Hungry and it's fabulous. Grace Dent, my absolute pleasure. <laughs>
Well, that's it for this week's White Wine Question Time. If it's left you hungry for more, don't forget we've got hundreds of episodes in our back catalogue with much more of the same fascinating conversation with truly great guests. As always, the show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Libby Knowles and Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK. And our music is by Andy Bell. And don't forget, we're taking the show out live on the road. Yes, kids, you can come and see us live in London's West End with three spectacular shows. Kicking off with Craig Revel Hallward. Tickets are available now. Now at Live Nation, Ticketmaster, or wherever you get your tickets. Then we're going to be following up with the cast of Dunbreeding in November, and before that in October, reuniting the cast of Grange Hill. I promise you, it'll be a hoot. Grab your tickets while you can. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.